Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne back. Joining us now, former NHLer and current Sportsnet NFL analyst here to discuss the Steelers 29-27 win over the Chicago Bears. Colby Armstrong, how was the game last night? What's going on, boys, first of all? How's it going? Miss talking to you guys. Uh, the game was awesome. It was late night, though. These Monday nighters get... When you go to a game on a Monday night, it starts at 8.15. It gets a little bit late. Um, so that was that was one thing. But it was awesome. The electricity, the build uh, at Heinz Field, it was, it was awesome to be there. The night was... Like, the weather was unbelievable. It made for a really good night. And then, a cra- obviously, a crazy game. I, I didn't see the fin- end of that coming with the way they were up early in the game. And then... Uh, you know, I think everyone was on the edge of their seat. So I got a bet with uh, Justin here. He said that you are cool enough and famous enough in Pittsburgh to get your own football tickets. And I said, not a chance. You called Sidney Crosby. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually know other people more important than Sid here, you know. So it's... Uh... No. <laughs> We've got some friends that are... are uh you know, um, a big time part of the Steelers. So we got invited. It was one of the, it was the guy's birthday last night. So it was kind of like a special one-off type of thing, but it was, it was awesome to go to the game like that. We actually got down on the field like before, and I'm sure you guys have been able to do that, which is really because the, the NFL warm-up guys, if, if you've seen it is, is it's entertaining. Like it, hockey can't touch it. Like our warmups cool. Like guys trading sticks for chocolate bars and taking selfies with fans, but you're enclosed in the rink. Like it's so different on the field or, or in watching a, a warmup. Cause guys put on a show, like one handed catches down the sideline right in front of you. It's just like a, like a full theater that they give you like a big time show. It was, it's, it's cool to see. So were you were, when the score the NHL scores started coming in on your phone and you saw five one LA? <laughs> yeah. Your first thought was what? Um, glad he didn't bet on the Leafs. <laughs> 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 right, but it's uh, yeah, I was surprised. Obviously, seeing the highlights of that game, like, and you know the run that the Leafs had been on uh, up until that point. I mean, I was kind of expecting the Leafs to beat them, but. Um, you know, see the highlights and see how fast, like, I mean, they were, guys were buzzing. LA looked fast um, from what I saw and completely um, took them over. I, I feel bad for Golden. Like that's a, that's a must win game kind of playing against a, I know they've got some good players on the other side, but um, some good prospects and stuff, but the Leafs got to win that game. So that, that streak comes to an end. Yeah, no, they uh, certainly wasn't their best effort last night. On, on the big picture takeaway from the the Maple Leafs so far this season, you know, record not jaw dropping, but but good seven five and one through thirteen yep. games. What, what were your expectations for them this season, and have they uh, exceeded, fell short? Where are they versus that? Well, Borny, you know me. You know I'm a Freddie Anderson. You know how I, know, I felt about I Freddie know. Anderson. You, you know how I felt about him in the playoffs. I should have went to him if he could have went last year, and. Um, and now, you know, you're, you're Campbell and Razik's injured and like, what's going to happen. So what are they going to do? Like, that's a big pivotal position, right? Like that's a big time position. And then obviously like the loss of Hyman and trying to fill in complimentary guys 
and fit and plug and play guys that you think could come in and do the job. It just, it's not the same as having like a bona fide number one stud or horse that you, you know, in net and having, you know, a guy that can get you, you know, 20 to 30 goals a season as your complimentary, like uh, hound dog. So those, you know, at the start of the year, I was thinking, how are they going to, how are they going to do this without that? Those are two big, massive spots to try to fill. And I think we've seen it kind of searching a little bit um, in those places. Those are, those are, those are big losses for the Leafs. I feel. I'm watching last night, Colby and, Philip Deneau, of course, uh, coming from the Montreal Canadiens. Two goals, one assist. I think he played over two-thirds of the game against Tavares and Matthews. And a three-point night. This guy has never scored more than 13 (laughs) goals in any season. And last night you're going, man, this guy looks like a $10 or $11 million player. But it's it's amazing what he's done, especially with Kopitar. That's a good yeah. one too for LA. I don't know where LA's going moving forward, but Philip Deneau is a pretty darn good hockey player. Yeah, and and when he signed that contract, I know what we know about him defensively, shut down, how smart he is, reliable he is. But like when you saw the number on that, like were you guys the same as me? Like whoa, yeah, <laughs> hey oh, <laughs> what the <laughs> heck? <laughs> so. Uh, we know he's like when he can produce great um, Kenny maybe playing in, you know, in maybe a little bit more of a scoring role as a one, two with Kopitar, a little bit more reliable to maybe produce and not so much shutdown. We know he can do that. Um, but you're right, Kipper, like no more than what would you say? 13, 14 goals. Uh, um, you know, he better be really good at shutting down. I saw he had that little pickoff on Tavares on that one goal last night and, it's just like he, he, he's, he finds a way to be, you know, a thorn in the side of these good players, and he's good at it. Uh, and if he can find a way to produce like he did last night in, in L- for the Kings in that role uh, with what he has already, I mean, maybe he'll make that contract look, look okay. Colby, you know, the team that you're closest to there is the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they're coming up for the Leafs on the schedule in short order here. It's about 10 days away on a Saturday night. Pittsburgh comes to town. What, uh, what do the Leafs have in store for them? We know they routed, uh, routed the Leafs with a pretty thin Revenge. lineup. <laughs> yeah. So what, what can we expect <laughs> from this version of the Pittsburgh Penguins? Well, it'll be interesting to see. Like, Latang came back a few days ago. Um, you know, he had COVID and was out. I actually had symptoms, uh, was out for a while and uh, came back, scored the OT winner, played like a ho-hum 29 minutes a night uh, and last game as well. And, uh, you know, they're going to have Crosby back by then. Looking at, uh, you know, the time frame for sure when they see them again. So Crosby will be in the lineup. Plus they'll get some other guys, like half their decors in COVID as well still. So, um, you know, they, they've heightened up their protocols like with the team just because some guys had COVID early in the year or got got tested positive. So they started r- ramping up testing a lot more. And now everyone just started to drop like crazy. So um, it's been interesting around here. Mike Sullivan missed last game with COVID as well. And um, Todd Reardon had to step in, but listen, this team's um, playing like a good, like they've got a good skeleton to their game, you know, like they, they're prepared and they're ready. Like they're, they're not easy to push over for sure with the way they play. They can carry play in the offensive zone. This when you're missing game breakers, Kapanen got a hat trick. Finally scored this year. All three in one game last game. 
Uh, they've kind of been waiting for him to get going with all these guys out of the out of the lineup. Gensel starting to score back-to-back games now. Can he continue? Can both those guys continue? Because obviously Malkin won't be back for a good chunk of time. But it's the goal scoring, guys. It's the goal scoring for them. I know it sounds crazy because Leaf fans are going, whoa, 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 they, they killed us last game. But, um, you know, this is a situation where they're playing solid, good hockey. Like, it's there. It's just, I don't know if they can... With the maybe with the guys that can, they got scoring now that they really need to get going like those guys without the big guys, uh, in, um, you know that that could be the difference for them is just getting some of that secondary scoring to really ramp up here. Is there a sense in Pittsburgh, Colby, that this is it? This will run its course. This is the final season that we'll see Malkin and Crosby and Latang kind of hold that 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 old guard team vibe. Yeah, you know what? It's been it's been funny because it, there's been like conversation here of kind of like the center position, especially with like the Jack Eichel trade, you know, and what teams look for and uh, and how much they covet that that position, right? You like you, how many teams around the league have those like big dogs, you know, and how many teams are looking for them? they just don't grow on trees. So, it's, think how fortunate Pittsburgh's been here and like the fan base has been to go to games for like the last like I don't know how many years at least at least 16, 17 since Crosby Malkin, 16, 17 years of having a one-two um, punch down the middle. And you go back before that, having Mario and Yager all together and, you know, other up. So it's, if they've been pretty lucky and fortunate, they haven't had to go searching for those spots or, or develop those spots. And they've, you know, been able to trade first round picks and been able to win Stanley cups and go for it uh, and had a luxury of that. But obviously father times ticking down, uh, on those guys and ticking down on some contracts as well with, with Latang and Malkin coming up at the end of this season. So, um, yeah, there is talk of what life would look like or could look like uh, around Pittsburgh, um, you know, at the end of this year, seeing how things shake out. But, you know, they believe that they've, they've, they've got a little window here. They've got an opportunity to go for it and um, try to get the playoffs. And, you know, they've got a longest streak in professional sports right now with, with their consecutive playoff streak. So can they make mm. some noise though? Can they make some noise and go have a run? Well, it's just mental. Like, you know, trying to think of these great players and how talented they are. And the last thing you want to do is err on the side of like letting them go before they're really done. Like yeah. you want to squeeze every bit of juice you can. And then I look over at Washington. I've been betting on Ovechkin to start dialing it back for like seven years in a row oh, now. Man. Did you expect him to still be doing this? 21 points in 12 games so far. Yeah, well, this, yeah, exactly. Points and goals. Like, it's crazy to think that as a kid growing up watching hockey and, like, seeing the names that he's passing is wild to me. Like, he's tied with Brett Hall right now. Like, Brett Hall was, like, when I was a kid, it was, like, this guy was the, like, pinnacle goal scorer at the time. Like, pure, just get lost uh, on the ice, uh, away from the puck, The bet, one of the best guys. Um, and here he is tied with him, so pretty significant names, pretty significant um, pace that he's on this season as well. When everyone's kind of crunching numbers and going, there's no way this guy with gray hair uh, can, can do this. But I mean, he's, he's just as pure as it gets when it comes to scoring goals, as pure as it gets when it comes to playing that fast physical game, like he's doing it any way you want it too. like guys, tell me this. Can he not stand there when he's 50 and just blast one timers (laughs) from a spot? Looks like it. Like, I swear to God, he'll get you 20 when he's 50. Just stand in there. Bedroom slippers on. (laughs) (laughs) Just a pair of old gumboots taking one-timers.
<laughs> exactly, right? I, it'll be unbelievable to see. I don't know when the wheels fall off of that goal-scoring ability or that shot for him. So, you know, with the pace that, you know, McDavid and Dreisaitl are doing, the goals that we're seeing Ovi chasing right now, I mean, there's some great offense in this league and some great numbers being put up and some guys, are obviously, that are must-watch when they're playing. The, go ahead. I was just going to say, does, uh, is Washington still a contender in your eyes? We've seen so many great battles between Washington and Pittsburgh over yeah. the years in, in the Metro, but uh, are they still a team to be reckoned with because Ovi's still at the top of his goal-scoring game? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I think they've got good surrounding pieces like, you know, like Sherry's been good there for them. Lars Eller's been good for them. Um, how big has Oshie been for them? You know, I know, you know, he plays a robust game and will get injured. Uh, but he's, you know, he's been good. Uh, Backstrom, like secretly one of the better players of this generation, right? Like no one really talks about him, but he's just been unbelievable producing. And then, you know, they've got guys surrounded in there that can, check and grind and play heavy hockey so yeah i think they're i think they're a contender i think they're built strong i think they're um built you know for like playoff style hockey but they also have ability to score because nets off is looking great but they have ability to score goals and they have ability to stay in games and as long as they're doing that like i think the question mark of their goaltending you know you can go either either side with that but um i think they're a lot more comfortable with it now um, and where they're at. So uh, I think they're a contender. I think they are a good team in this division. Really good. Cool. So we had uh, Scott Hartnell on before you, and he was talking about the Metro. The Metro has eight teams in it, and every team's on pace for 110 points or more right now. It's pretty yeah. wild. Uh, so he was like, yeah, yeah, I think five five of those teams will get in the playoffs. And then I look over at the Atlantic, Florida, Toronto, Tampa Bay, and Boston. Like, a good hockey team is going to miss playoffs here. Yeah. Um, you know, looking at the four teams in the Atlantic, I guess I'll, I'll aim our focus there. What of Florida, Toronto, Tampa Bay, or Boston? Who do you? Who's most likely to fall off from that group? Oh boy, I shouldn't have said that. It's gonna be yeah. Toronto, isn't it? <laughs> 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 Occurred to me as I asked. I would pick. I would pick them or Boston. Yeah, I would pick them or Boston. I, I mean, I like Boston, but I don't know they're not the same of what they were, right? Like, I don't think they're the same as. Uh, as like a, a few years ago of what, you know, the expectation was for this team. So, um, you know, the Leafs, I just don't like their playing. I don't like their style. I just don't like the way they play. Like, I think they're a good team. I think they've got good players, but I don't know if they've got what it takes, you know, when it comes crunch time. And I'm thinking even about the Metro here, it's like, you know, I think the Penguins have played one Metro game this year against in their division. Wow. Um, and you know what's going to happen. They're going to slam all those games on these teams at the end of the schedule when it's crunch time and everyone's going to be playing each other and battling for that playoff spot. So that'll be like the interesting time of the year when you see those guys lining up at interdivisional games and down the stretch when it gets starts to really, you know, get going and ramp up and, You'll see what these teams are really made of in, in crunch time when that happens. You you think the Hurricanes are going to run away with that uh, division or oh, Islanders yeah. Islanders knocking on the door if uh, if they can uh, hold off on this uh, extensive uh, road trip? Like, are you guys surprised also by the Rangers? Like, I I love I love Carolina. I think they're good. I think the Leafs want to be Carolina kind of deep down, like play that style, and they're just I don't know. Carolina just does a way better, and they're just a little heavier and play that style of game but carolina has been really good the rangers have been like a team that people have said okay maybe they're a year away still but great goal tending. 
Great goaltending. As up and down as their play is, they can score goals. They got they're getting some great goaltending. Yeah, but they their got smoked. up and down. They got smoked for can a good they... reason against Calgary. Yeah. yeah. They are yeah. a little oh, leaky. Yeah. They're a little leaky. They're and leaky. Shesterkin's not there to cover up. Uh, he's been then, unbelievable. Then you have a night like uh, they had against Calgary. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. Yeah, no doubt. That's that's what that's what's going to happen to them. I mean, even the game against the Oilers, right? Like, how crazy was that? With that crazy McDavid goal to tie the game late, like five five, was um, mm-hmm. it was it was nuts. So, yeah, they're leaky. They give up goals, but um, I think they're dangerous too. Yeah, their goalie's good, but they're dangerous. Like they they can they can score. They can hurt you. So. It's interesting seeing some of these new teams, like the new guard of some of these teams kind of coming along and pushing uh, in certain divisions, uh, like Florida is now and uh, how they've come along and how they're pushing. The Rangers are right there. Carolina, I think, is a dead set favorite in that division. So, Army, are there any, um, like, Brian Burke sightings in, in Pittsburgh? Is there any actual evidence that he's he's done <laughs> he, he's done work for Pittsburgh since he's been hired there? I have seen Berkey maybe twice around the arena. I'm kind of like, you know, with COVID and stuff, I'm kind of like, even when Sid was like out with injury, um, he was, he was, you know, I was talking to him and he's like, Oh man, I can't, I, you know, you can't risk getting COVID right now for me. You know, I got to come back. You know, I got to, I can't be put in quarantine as I'm rehabbing. Like it would kill me. So he gets back, plays one game and then gets COVID. Like that was like my worst nightmare. If I'd like gone and talked to him and like he contracted COVID and like, I would be the guy to blame for that. <laughs> so I'm kind of, I'm kind of like uh, cautious about being around people and being at the rink and just go in my spots and stay in my spots and get out of there. But I have seen Berkey a few times. I got to say this, Berkey looks good. I think Berkey, Berkey's down some weight. Berkey's looking good. Berkey lost some COVID weight, you know? Wow. I, I don't know what he's doing. But I gotta. I might have to start doing what he's doing. I don't know what it is. <laughs> he has got to be itching to make a big trade. It's just oh, so unlike coming. It's, it's so coming. unlike Brian Burke to go to a team and not do something big. What oh. does he want to do? What does he want to do? You, you tell think? us. Tom Everyone Wilson. Knows. He's gonna trade the whole team yeah. for Tom Wilson. <laughs> Roll a one-man exactly unit out what? there. He wants a guy like that, a hundred percent. You know he wants a guy like that, and I'm sure he's on the on the lookout for a guy like that to add to this lineup. Uh, I don't know. I think with him and Hextall here and individually, but um, you got to think that they're both looking at this team and wanting to add something like that, like a little bit of that sandpaper guy or the guy that's willing to you know scrap a bit here and there or, or stir it up. So that's kind of on brand for what they're going to do if that's going to be the first move they make. I think some Pens fans around here wouldn't be disappointed if they did do something like that. Just looking for a young Colby Armstrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, young, reckless moron. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You won't get an argument right? out of us. <laughs> what do you call it, though, Kipper? What is it? Like a, a, cho- a puppy or a, or a, a chihuahua on a pant leg? <laughs> it's complimentary. That's Colby Armstrong. I remember doing Hockey Central at noon with you, and you that's what we always talked about. You got to have some pit bulls in your lineup. Yes. Yeah. They're far and few right now. Every team wants yeah, they one. Are. All right. Colbs, thanks for doing this, pal. All right, guys. Wish you guys were at Monday Night Football with me last night. It was a time. Us too. Thanks, buddy. Colby Armstrong, right. Sportsnet, NHL, and sometimes NFL analyst. Yeah. For. Real Kipper and Bourne.
You think Pitt Pitt will be there when it's all said and done? You know, they're the ultimate I have no clue team. Like, I I would love to give you a great hard take on what they are, but I haven't a clue, man. Like, they haven't been healthy. Are their stars any good when they're – when they come back, I know they're great talents, but like, where are they in terms of rehab and age? And it's a really tough team to read. Do they have goaltending? I don't know. I did. Uh, I did have them as as my team that uh, finally kind of hit the end of the road. Yeah, but still, you know, to the point that you know he was making when talking about you don't want to. Leave them too early. You don't want to say, okay, Malkin's traded, and then Malkin goes on to have three more seasons where he scores 30 goals or something, you know? Like, you can't do that with these guys. They're a part of that, So what this team has been. So, so Malkin, he's at the end of his contract. You assume that they're not going to – they're, they're going to try to go in a different direction, you would assume? Well, it sounds like you are. Yes. And then where does that put Sid? Well, hold on now. Well, you think if Malkin left, you'd think Sid would be like, well, maybe I'll go chase a cup somewhere else. Does Sid strike you as a guy that wants to stick around his last few years of his career mentoring and wow. ha- having, young, you my having, mind. having young guys over for dinner? and well, to or, quote my five-year-old, or, you just made my brain blow up. Or would he want to go somewhere else? Go play for the... Uh, what kind of player does he strike you as? One that would want to continue no, his career and he mentor? He's competitive. He's competitive. He's competitive. He wants to win. He's one of those guys that plays to win, and that's... You know, it is so admirable. NBA players, I know there's very differing opinions on this, but, like, pushing to get places where they have a chance to win rather than just riding it out in a bad team, you know, as we see so many NHL stars do. I can't see him doing that. You can't see him pushing? You think he'd be more of a mentor, more of a pitcher? No, oh, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I can't see him just he'll go comfortably taking his paycheck. Well, and, now uh, you're in Brian Burke's world. Trade and, Malkin and Crosby. Or just trade. Well, know, listen, Malkin go and, we, we're, we're, you're not there yet. We're just having an extended conversation <laughs> on the old what if. SN got to ask. <laughs> <laughs> what if? Got to ask the question. So, if that's the case, how many teams would be interested in finding a way? Like, they, they, they could get a boatload. They'd have to, if they retain some salary. But you, you want them now. I you don't can't. want them in a yeah. year and a half or two years. The only way that really happens then still is if Pittsburgh... Prime poops the bed here down the you know for the next little bit and it becomes clear they're not going to make playoffs malkin is asking out or getting traded how how can that conversation not happen how can that uh speculation what would you rather if If, you've won three cups with an organization what would you personally rather do be the team who stuck with the the guy who stuck with the team wore the sea for 20 years won three cups or would you want to be the guy who left after 15 i don't know how many it's been Chased cops. Yeah, that's a good question. We'll never be in that position. <laughs> we know that. that yeah, that's not but, an issue for many people. Like, I've got a little bit of a of an issue when when guys try to hold on. That to me is one of those where I'd rat like like Patrick Marlowe. It's been over for a number of years. That one is—is is he still in the league? 
Last time I checked, I think he was somewhere <laughs> out west. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. No, <laughs> I know, I know. Hold Please on. tell me he's still he's still in the league, right? Yeah, he is. We would have it have been. So <laughs> <laughs> you're horrible, by the way. Well, I just you know, like he. You're right, though. They, that you reach is a, a point bigger, of irrelevance. That, that's where I when, go. Let it go. Yeah. It's over. It's been a great run. Yeah. And I, I we'll see where Joe Thornton goes with Florida here, but that one. Could he find himself in a Stanley Cup final or winning the thing in Florida now? Yeah, I like his chances a lot better in Florida than I did in Toronto playing on the number one line. But we're talking about Sid, who, if he did choose to leave, if it looked like Pittsburgh was going to fall off, is still in his prime where he can go and win another Stanley Cup. And be a go-to guy, not a guy hanging on. But I am struggling to mentally put him in a different color jersey. Oh, I'd lo- I'd, I think uh, a Colorado jersey with his oh Tim Hortons God. buddy would look <laughs> pretty nice. Enjoy Gabe Landeskog coming back the other way or something or what? That's Yeah, yeah so I... Sid was at 62 points in 55 games last year. You know, he's obviously... Still a special player in the league. It, I mean, beyond that, he almost won a Hart Trophy like 18 months ago or something. Where's our buddy Sammy? Yeah, let's get back to the Leafs here to close out the show. Hey. 20 minutes. Can, You've been can listening you to me? this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, what I do you think talk. about, you know, a Sid Malkin end of the run in Pittsburgh? I think it's hard to picture, like Borny said, but the, the name that you said there, Colorado... I said it at the exact same time you did, but I just said it to no one. And you said it to lots of people who were listening. In but Colorado bathtub. just, yeah, in the bathtub here while I got my little bath cap on and I'm scrubbing away <laughs> a rub-a-dub-dub in my tub over here. But You told Colorado, you rubber ducky. <laughs> Colorado is the, is the team. It's always kind of been what I've thought if he was ever going to go somewhere. Play with... Play with his boy uh, from Cole Harbor, Nathan McKinnon. What, what if, like, the way Favre went to the Vikings, uh, he just went and played for the Flyers? Just thought oh. his best chance was with Philly to get a couple oh more of that dude to his legacy. No, I don't think a lot of Penguins fans, like the uh, Yinzers, would like that very much. No, I don't think so either. Um, so, I just, I just, somebody just sent me a text, and it said, Justin's dad's team hung no. on too long, and oh. it hurt them. Yeah. So what, what can you add off of that comment? Well, you know, Dad was probably at the end of his... Uh, Just so everybody's clear, we're yeah. talking about the, the dynasty with the New York Islanders and, of course, Justin's dad, uh, Bob Bourne, a uh, big part of that. But we are talking about, what, uh, Bob Nystrom, Clark Gillies, Brian Trotche, Mike Bossy, they, they, yeah. they, they all hung on right to the very end, right? Yeah, so... You know, for my dad, they he won the four cups the fifth year. They go, they play the Oilers in the final. My dad actually missed the the cup final, so that Oilers cu- uh, cup doesn't count. Uh, his knee was hurt, so he didn't get to play in that cup final. And then uh, played another year. And then so my father-in-law, Clark Gillies, got traded to the Sabres in 86, and my dad got traded to the Kings and, well, left the uh, the Islanders in 86 as well. So just a couple of years after their cups, though those guys hung around, you know, I think when you have a core like that, you got to push it to its limit. Just see what more there is, don't you? It takes so much to rebuild it to get back to being one of those teams. 
I can't say I fault any organization, Pittsburgh included, Washington included, for continuing to see if there's one more in there. Can't blame them. Well, rosters don't have to be deep any longer. Like, I shouldn't say that because we saw Tampa Bay with a real deep lot, uh, a roster, but also a 94. Five million. Yeah, right. It's easier to be real, deeper real, when Kucherov shows up for free. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, and can't have that third line anymore, Tampa Bay. So, yeah, there's been some flawed teams that flawed teams can win Stanley Cups now, which is encouraging. I think it gives a lot of fans hope. See, I, I think hope. flawed teams can get to a cup final, but they still have a difficult time winning a Stanley Cup. Yeah. yeah I think about like the Pittsburgh team. They won back to back, and their decor was like Dumoulin and Sam McKee. You know, like they didn't have much in yeah. terms of a decor. But I like St. Louis. Blues were okay. I, I, no, the, uh, like, the Blues were good. I yeah, think Bennington Sunquist, was, yeah. you know. Uh, Sammy Blaze. Sammy Blaze. Good fourth Sunquist. Line. They, they, they contributed. They yeah. played hard and they played like fast, hard hockey. So fourth line, big guys, fast, hard hockey is important. It brings me to Nick Ritchie, which I wanted to talk to you about. Full circle. <laughs> right back. <laughs> yeah. Right back. You need those depth guys. Sammy, can you mute yourself or just get out of the tub or something? I think the good news <laughs> for Nick Ritchie is that the bar's been lowered, but legitimately lowered. For good reason, they've been lowered. Yeah. And I think he's okay. I, Him and Simmons, I think, can provide a... In 2021, that's that should be a good fourth line. Yeah, they can both put the puck in the net, and they're both forget the puck in the net. Okay, you don't stop even want to it. Do that. Stop it. I think they get in trouble when they focus on putting the puck in the net. Uh, Simmons seems to be uh, sniffing around lately, and because he's he still sees himself as a goal scorer. And that's I, the hard part with a veteran guy who scored is asking him to suddenly be a true fourth liner. Just focus on having a hard forecheck, hit hard, keep the puck out of your own zone, and if it happens to bounce off your ass, all the all, mm-hmm. great. But do not go out there and still think that you can score goals at the rate that you've been accustomed to your whole career. you got to start getting in a fourth-line mentality. It's just wild, though, Nick, that Richie who scored 15 in 56 games, that's a 20-some goal pace, whatever it is, for the Bruins last year, that this guy can't can't get a sniff out there. Let, let's listen to what Sheldon Keefe had to say about Nick Ritchie uh, from today at practice. Yeah, um, I think just you know, getting used to playing with different guys. And uh... As I'd said uh, a few times previously, I think he's done a lot of really good things that have gone unnoticed and he hasn't gotten rewarded for. Uh, I thought, uh, like a lot of our players, last night was not a good day for him. And we, we expect a lot more, and we need to get a lot more out of him. Uh, part of that is on him. Part of that is on us, you know, to, to help him get there. I feel like he doesn't want to embarrass Kyle Dubas by just saying he's been terrible. I, I don't know. Uh, Kipper, he's been bad. Why, why are we fighting this? Because he's, he's not who you think he is. Well, maybe that's a pro- the problem. Is that he's I, not. I had expectations for him. Um, I don't, I, I'd have to go back and, and watch, but I, he scored 15 in Boston last year. Yeah. 
56 games too. Like that's a pretty good clip. They would love to get 20 and goals. And they from let this year. him walk out the door. So what didn't they like about him? What part? You would think fixable things. Like 15 goal and- scores are hard to find in the NHL. They're hard. Yeah, they cost $2.5 million. You know, and so anyway, now let's hear what Richie's had to say about his own play coming from his mouth. Yeah, um, I think just you know, getting used to playing with different guys and uh, obviously there's been some chances and uh, made a few plays that, that could have went in, but um, just trying to get around that net more and hopefully I can do that in the next few games. If he scores 7 to 10 goals the rest of the season and you're not a liability out there, that's a great fourth line year. And if there's a scenario where you need to be bumped up, you just hold your own. But like, you just the, don't pay the, a guy bar, two five to be no, on the it's, fourth line. It, we, we've had this discussion, know, and I not know. only did you pay two five, you did it over two years, which I I don't know for the life of me why you needed to go a second year with him. Who was outbidding you for Nick? Richie. I don't know. Someone, I got to believe, not just bidding against themselves there. I, I have no idea. I have no idea. But, you know, we, we talked about it a bit in our group chat, but, like, last night I just got really frustrated, obviously, with our, uh, with our messages. Just like, you know, I listened to Scott Hartnell come on here today and say, I just tried to find a way on the score sheet. You know, like, it was a conscious effort of his when things weren't going well, when he didn't have it to all right, I got to throw a big hit or I got to stir something up or get to the net or like just find a way to get involved. I understand he's not a fourth line style guy, even if he is a big body. You know, here in Toronto, they tried to do that. Freddie Goche. Oh, you're huge. Go play in the fourth line. Doesn't necessarily work that way. Not always a natural fit, but you just got to find a way to be relevant. Do something like one time. And even listening to him say that they've had a number of chances and the puck could have gone in like, that's a low bar we're searching for here. It's fourth line is low bar. I know. Fourth line is anything's a bonus if it goes in. You just cannot be a liability out there. That's all. And I think the between Richie and Simmons and Spezza, the last couple of games are trying to be a lot more responsible, better third high man high. Like I wouldn't. How would you handle I would this guy? Allow, the rest of the I way? would not allow one of those guys, like, to go deeper than the top of the circles. If I don't see one guy at the top of the circles, you guys don't get to play anymore. Yeah, and that, and just go out there and create energy and and be hard on a four check. Simmons pushed harder to me in the last week, and if Nick Ritchie can get into that. And, and and come on, just look a little meaner, look a little tougher, talk to other players on the team. That's allowed. You can tell somebody, I'm coming after you. I'm going to get you. You're going to feel it. Yeah. I don't care if I get suspended three games. I'm coming after you. Just stuff like that. It can, it can actually work, especially when you're as big and strong as Nick Ritchie. Yeah. It can work. I guess that's what I mean. I would like to see it. I've said that a couple times. I'm just going to own that one. I would like to see him go fight someone now. Just just something, right? It, it, has to, it has to fit the narrative. You have to read 
a room. Can't just go out there. No, and... no, it doesn't work that way. You can get your finger on it, the it button. Looks, it looks like it's. Uh, uh, it looks fake. Well, how about when Curtis Gabriel comes up here and plays? Do you think he'll find a situation? I bet he might. Uh, create one. Create one. Okay. Create something that's real. Yeah. And it has to fit the narrative. Like, for for instance, uh, Felino going after Corey Perry. It didn't quite fit yeah. in the playoffs last year. And there was no real natural emotion to play off of it. It was like you didn't read the room, Nick, and it didn't work. But you have to find scenarios where it fits, and that is the true definition of playing in your bottom six. And they, I told you this earlier, they're like the third and fourth line is like they're temporarily playing that until they figure it out that I should be on the first or second line. That's how they sometimes play. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, accept your role. No, that's it. And, and find a way to still stand out without scoring a frigging goal. That's, they, they're all like, at times they all get cookie hungry. And it's like, no, see those guys making 40 million, they'll cover that off. You got to cover the rest of it. Yeah. And they haven't figured that out yet. Yeah, it'll be curious to see how Sheldon decides to go forward using Richie because as I said, you got to figure something out in the coming months or it's just a, not a good use of your salary cap space. So, um Justin Hall draws back into the lineup. Y- your thoughts on um you know what to expect from him? Is he a guy that's going to be a part of the plan now now that just, he's back in? Just go play. Yeah. Don't don't overthink it. Don't uh, don't look like a head case. Don't look like a a guy that uh, has lost your confidence because you've been out for so long. Just go and play. Yeah, I think Muzzin has looked better of late. So the hope is that Muzzin plays a little better. It's a little bit easier for for Hall to sign his game or to find his game. I think it's going to be a, like I said. It's 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 a hard place to play. Yeah. No, absolutely is. Um, before we get off the air, just wanted to touch on one more thing. Um, few, you know, four or five minutes here. The, the Pittsburgh Penguins settled uh, a lawsuit uh, that they had. Do you want to chat about that? Should we? Yeah, sure. What did you think? Uh, you know, they they made the announcement that uh, uh, they've agreed to resolve all claims. And uh... yeah, I'll hear. I'll read a bit of the statement. J- Jared uh, Scaldi and uh, Aaron Scaldi brought the claim against the um, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Said in November 2020, Jaron and Eric Scaldi filed a lawsuit against the Penguins and the former Wilkesbury Scranton coach, that was uh, Clark Donatelli. The Penguins and Scaldis have agreed to resolve all claims. Through this resolution, the Penguins hope to bring closure to the Scaldis, provide some measure of peace, and continue to encourage and promote a culture of openness, accountability, and respect at all levels of professional sports. That, so that includes Bill Guerin, by the way. To, uh, were you going to mention that? Yeah. I, uh... Yeah, I guess that uh, it, it, it's done. It's over with. Now, do you think this leads to uh, Chicago wanting to do the same thing? Probably. I mean, it is interesting. You know, there was, um, you know, independent est- investigation, I believe, going into this, um, which now has, we don't know what comes of that. I assume everything has dropped. They've they've agreed to a settlement. We're not going to hear anymore. This is from uh, Michael Russo, who covers the Minnesota Wild. He says, 
The settlement between the Penguins and Scaldies also closes the book on potential litigation against wild GM Bill Guerin, who has always maintained he did the right thing. Original lawsuit versus Pens by Scaldies, where uh, four of five counts were dismissed, also showed that for uh, seven months after the incident, when Guerin found out, Donatelli was gone within a week. So no more for Bill Guerin. He will still be with Team USA. Nothing else to go on there. Well, I would assume that a settlement in this case would be easier than the one that Chicago may be facing still with, with Kyle Beach. And I think the numbers would probably tell you that uh, it's going to be a big number that I think Chicago, Chicago would have yeah. to, to settle on. And I, I had heard that Chicago is not willing to go there. And really? it's a very big number. So that one... That gap is wider than the football field that Colby Armstrong watched last night between Chicago and Pittsburgh. That one's that one's a tougher number right now for Chicago to to settle on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough to know you know how to feel about these things, but you know the, all parties have agreed they've moved yeah. on. I guess we do the same on that yeah. one, and then uh, await. Uh, and there's still uh, a pending investigation from the National Hockey League Players Association. What I found interesting was Rick Westhead. I think a couple of days ago uh, had a tweet that uh, suggested that uh, Kyle has talked to Jenner and Block in that investigation, and I guess he said his lawyers uh, told him. That they that he won't participate in the NHLPA probe. So, like, what does the PA do now if mm-hmm. he's not going to be involved in this? Like, what kind of investigation can they have if he's not involved in it? Yeah, there's only like five or six guys you, you need to talk to, anyways. So, I wonder how that changes their feeling about an investigation moving forward. Yeah, a lot of stay tuned on that front, I guess. All right, pal. Good job today. You too, friend. Sammy, wherever you are, you get better. We need you. Healthy. I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> get on the score sheet, kid. Get it in the corners and get after it. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. All right. For Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy and Derek behind the scenes. Thanks for watching and listening to Real Kipper and Bourne. <laughs>